Hi, I'm Victor Milligan. And I'm Jennifer Isabella. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. And with us today in the studio is Chris Gallagher, principal consultant at Forrester Discuss, how CX is guiding the design of technology in context of purpose or specific to government in context of mission. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, thank you very much. Nice to be here. So in the context of technology modernization, what's principally causing it? Is it that there was a regulatory mandate or because there was a organization by organization desire to better impact the mission? I think it's a bit of both. Um, You know, what we've seen is um, a lot of government organizations are are going through transformation where they have sort of centralized uh, capabilities and they're losing touch of their their customers and citizens in some respect. So a lot of the work we've been doing recently is helping to reconnect those organizations internally with with their with their customers and um, groups within government. But another uh, piece of it that's come down is also the president's management agenda. There's, there's now been this focus on customer experience being a key measurement. Um, and that's also starting to, to uh, make agencies start to think about well, there's obviously the citizen experience, but what do we need to do internally? Um, and it's been helpful to sort of engage and help people understand that you need to help your employees first before you can actually ultimately help your citizens um, achieve what they need to do. So they're recognizing the connection between the employee experience and, in yep. this case, the citizen experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so and so, technology is, is, is one area. So certainly, you know, a lot of Technology organizations within governments are are seeing that, but we're working with people within procurement, um, which is probably one of the other areas of government which has a lot of policies and processes around. And so helping to work with those functions and really understand what are the objectives, how can they work and change things within the remit they can, you know, given there's there's other policies around it, um, is really being an eye-opener in terms of helping to uh, make them more agile and efficient. In the context of customer, there's at least structurally, I think, three types. One is one agency provides services to another agency. Then you have within an organization, the CIO providing uh, services to the mission. So the mission is their customer. Correct. And as you described, ultimately, there's a citizen hanging off there somewhere, which is the third type. Which one do you see as most requiring help, most requiring that reconnection that you described earlier? I think it's really at that internal focus because um, there are some sort of federal agencies, like you say with GSA, uh, that are are needing to really reconnect and, and illustrate their value. We've been working with with GSA, for example, to to think about um, their customers as internal agencies and develop personas around who are those people in in the different missions um, and how are they, what are their needs and how do they need to adapt, as well as those who need to engage with GSA as a, as a service provider. And it's it, it's interesting to see that, um, you know, how some of those gaps need to be addressed in terms of their understanding. So that internal focus is is, is really the, the initial step before they can really make that connection to the, to the, to the value they're bringing externally to the, to the citizens. I may be showing my tenure, but I remember FDS 2000 way back when, when GSA was providing telecom service to other agencies. And it struck me that there was a difference between providing like a WAN, a basic network, which is, it supports a mission but not directly tied to a mission, versus actually providing the applications that are fueling the mission. I mean, you're getting much more towards technology-driven mission at this point in time. That must have changed the connection between the CIO and their mission customers. 
Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of focus today on shared services. So, um, you know, GSA is one of them in, in Canadian government. You know, they have a shared services organization and that's had some mixed feedback. Some some parts of the of, of the Canadian government see a lot of benefits. Some feel that they're closed and um, they've made decisions without thinking about everyone else. So the same sort of themes are coming back in terms of are they really understanding their customer? Are they really understanding what decisions they're making, the impact they have? There's obviously, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, economies of scale by by you know uh, developing these services in a, uh, in a way that um you know we need to be cautious of the of the cost involved but are they really hitting the objectives um that are needed and that's that's the feedback loop that's missing it's very much been an internal mindset that even in the commercial end that it seems to know well i i know the problem that, that people are facing and not actually bringing them into the discussion earlier on in the cycle in order to to, to make sure that they're making meeting those needs as the folks in mission, whether that's NASA, whether that's the, the Treasury, whether whoever it might be, they're using technology more strategically. The role of technology becoming inseparable from the things that they do. Right. So that places the CIO much more squarely in the mission space versus in the supporting environment space. As they've understood that transition, how have they looked at their legacy systems, legacy processes, and all these different things that were fine before, but in that context, they're no longer fine? So we typically call that, you know, technical debt. But how have they experienced that in terms of trying to get closer and better delivered to that mission that's more technology-driven? Yeah, I think I think obviously cloud, um, you know, being a big buzzword has, has, has been a big wake-up call um, because as we've seen uh, in, in, in the government space is that, you know, there's a remit to get out of the data center business. And that's sort of triggered down from what we've seen in the commercial world. And a lot of the commercial clients talk about is like, we don't have data centers. We're, we're, you know, we've, we've passed that chapter. And the, the, the wave eventually comes to, to the government space. And then, and then we see the same question. So they're, they're trying to, to evolve to that. And that's been um, an element where it's, it's actually thinking about, you know, what, what value and capabilities that bring, not just from a cost perspective, which is important, but what is it going to help them in terms of time to market? How can they adapt quickly to different and changing needs? And so certainly there are more stricter controls because if we think about some of these agencies, data is, you know, they have data about all of us. So there's a little bit more of a, of a, a stronger risk posture they need to take. But ultimately, they're needing to uh, think about it differently in terms of it isn't about trying to make solutions in-house completely isolated, but actually using the capabilities that exist in the market in a way that allows them to be much more agile. And why do you think that is in terms of the timing? Like, why is this happening now? Is there something else, you know, the NASA's of the world using these technologies that just the reliance on some of this core tech is, it's not those connections can't happen or they can't do their job well? Is there a connection there between you know, this core technology is holding the tech-driven innovation that's happening, you know, within the NASA's or Treasury back? Well, I, I think there's just, in ultimately, the level of disruption, right? Mm-hmm. You think about NASA and how SpaceX has disrupted their ability to, um, you know, get to get to planets and, you know, faster in the way that they're helping. I mean, you know, go back five, ten years, you know, it was always, well, you know, NASA owns space, right? right? But but that disruption has made them think about, you know, how do I how do we need to adapt as an agency? And I think also from a you know, from a citizen perspective, 
you know, there's so many other sort of complementary ways of, of getting information, getting tools, whether they're sort of public or or commercial that supplement their life, that that experience is coming to the table to think, well, what are you, what do you, what, what do we value? I mean, when we look at some of the, you know, like our CX index, for instance, you know, you know, the, the top end is, is the sort of like the forest service, because parks and forest service. Um, but the worst is social security, which is like, it, you know, it's like, that's the one that hits most people. Mm-hmm. And, and these, so there's a little bit of essence of of reprioritization but i think it's expectation people expect things quicker they don't understand the barriers by which it takes so much time and i think that 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 sort of technical debt gap is is broadening and and there needs to be a you know a, a big jump shift in addressing that from a budget perspective how much is being spent to get out of debt yeah i, I mean b- budget is 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 certainly challenging um i think um you know while not knowing necessarily the specifics, I mean, it's certainly, you know, a quarter of, of the or even more of the budget is is focused on the technical technical elements. But but I think, you know, you have to also weigh up the ways that they've approached it in terms, you know, in good ways. In, you know, one of the elements is the standardization around cloud and, you know, FedRAMP and Fitara are really helping to make sure that there's much more oversight and governance around around those decisions. Um, and it also enable, you know, enablement. So it's not like every agency has to start from scratch in terms of their approach. So I think those stat, though, that, that adoption of creating those frameworks is is helping to drive to make those decisions easier for the agencies which historically ne- have never have been you know there's um as i said the, the cloud or glove stuff is an is an example where I th- you know we're definitely seeing more interest in innovation and how to bring emerging tech closer to agencies quicker the challenge is how do those agencies now translate those offerings um in, into something if you look at the utility space they are aggressively digitizing their environment. And when you digitize the environment, you get all sort of the good that goes along with that. But you also widen the attack service, meaning they now have to think of security in an equally aggressive way. Are you seeing the same thing happening in government where as they modernize, digitize, extend the footprint of digital, there is an aggressive stance behind it to rethink or think harder about security because they're carrying some mighty, you know, mighty important data. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, you you mentioned um, NASA earlier. I mean, they they are actually um, you know, going through that transformation right now and actually thinking about cu- uh, this employee customer experience and how they engage those centers uh, around security. And it's becoming a prominent theme in terms of they need to be an enabler, not a blocker. Um, but their, their mindset in terms of how they're thinking about the services they provide, how that they can help agencies, the you know, bits of the mission um, achieve their outcomes, that approach is is having a huge sort of effect in terms of um, how security's that sort of posture is being seen. So you're absolutely right. You know, security is is, is critical, but there needs to be a, even at, at that element a, a an employee sort of focus around how are they achieving how can we enable them not how can we say no say say right. no which is traditionally been the way yeah we're seeing an aggressive uptake of you know zero trust framework and in, in like models that say let's think of security in an extraordinarily holistic manner and have not just the ideas of zero trust but the framework to execute against it because i'm entering into waters that are not friendly yeah, so so like you said, like you know, zero trust provides a different a different mind, uh, mindset um, in terms of how to approach security. How do you un- better understand those those objectives? 
Um, and how do you eliminate some of that waste? And what, what, what we've seen in some of the other organizations we work with is, you know, there's less in, interest in talking to a sort of a centralized function, but more how do we work closely with people locally in IT? How do you get that balance between local and central IT? There's the need to be close to understand a customer, but there's also how, do the, how does the more, you know, maybe at the security level, more at the centralized level, do you um, maintain that balance of enterprise and local, which I think is another element of how experience is important and how you, how you do that. So what are we seeing there? Because this is a big part of GSA's mandate slash mission is to provide economies of scale and core technology. But if you look at missions, they will be diverse by agency and department. To your point, how are they handling that balancing act? Well, I, well, I think one of the elements that they're starting to look into is is trying to provide better transparency. So, uh, you know, one mandate that's, that's, that's out at the moment is around the adoption of uh, TBM, technology business management. And and while it, it's useful in terms of, you know, the sort of a number crunching and doing benchmarking, when I mean, it's basically a sort of financial management framework, um, which will allow at a federal level uh, to be able to benchmark, you know, various agencies to see who's spending the money wisely and who isn't. The other goal of this is also in terms of helping making, labeling the uh, people within those missions make technology decisions more effectively. Now, this feels adverse to if you're a technology person, you think, well, why would why would someone outside be making decisions without us? No, we need to be around that table. But it's it's changing that mindset by by giving them more transparency around their costs around technology. They can make better decisions uh, in terms of the impact they're going to have. So, that whole framework is, you know, while we're just seeing it at the primitive, more at the sort of benchmarking element, the true value comes in terms of being able to show those uh, costs and, and data in a way that helps those people at the mission front end make more aware decisions of of their impact of, you know, whether it's providing a, a different service or going to a, a different uh, type of customer. How does that impact that technology and making them more aware and conscious of that, which, which feels uncomfortable, but but is the right way to do in order to make the decision more effectively. So is that selecting new technologies or how to implement those technologies or both? How does that framework kind of guide? It's a bit of both. I mean, it it, it still sort of goes around the concept of of having services, Mm. but it's just standardizing how do you capture uh, the different types of costs and and how do you operate more of a zero-based budget where each year you're re-justifying what those costs are from scratch. You're not just going in with a number that rolls over, which therefore challenges the thinking in terms of, oh, how are we spending this? How do we need to change things? But but enabling those people who may not be sort of technology focused, those, those, those true people within the agency emissions to make decisions more effectively around what impact will it have to make, you know, go, go down one path versus another versus having to just sort of come to technology and say, fix it for me. And then, and then, you know, it, it struggles. Important to government for a while has been business continuity. So the idea that the government should maintain operations on the technology to support those operations through disruption. In the recent past, the government is self-disrupting itself with shutdowns. How has all of this work played out in context of some of the shutdowns where technology is still supporting the missions, but it may not support it as easily during those black periods? Yeah, I think I think certainly um, it, it actually highlighted even more about the experience. Um, when we think about the the, the, the whole shutdown, there, there's an element of there's one side of frustration, obviously, as a citizen about you know having certain things not able to access them because they were shut. But there was also a level of empathy. Um, I mean, I 
went to, to airports and saw you know, posters with people thanking the TSA staff because they were the people who continued to work without a paycheck to ensure that people could still travel. And so I think it it's helped sort of um, bring a different view in terms of, you know, the empathy in terms of understanding that that people haven't been able to to get paid, but also how does how does that experience evolve internally? How do we ensure that in those situations, well, what is the contingency around that? It's not just a, a contingency from a technology standpoint, but also from a sort of a, uh, you know, a employee experience and, and CX element. How do we ensure that there's continuity as a, as a result in those types of scenarios? And I think that has certainly been a, a, another sort of element that's come out of this is, is to, you know, um, having that empathy as, as a key element of that. So you mentioned benchmarking earlier. There's two types of benchmarking, if you will. There's benchmarking against commercial expectations and performance. There's also a benchmarking against the employee set because like in the commercial world, employees are becoming extraordinarily fluent in technology and with fluency comes expectations. They just expect to have the technologies that they enjoy in their consumer world flowing into the business world. How are those two dynamics affected sort of technology priorities within the government space? So I think there is interest in, around that, but I think there's obviously a challenge in terms of that they are, you know, effectively a non-profit organization. And so, and so the concern is the commercial world, how, how alike is it to, to the government space because of the, the, um, the challenge that they're operating as, you know, in a non-profit world where they're in a not, highly, highly regulated non-profit. High, right, yeah. high regulated non-profit. So there's certainly interest in terms of, you know, looking at ways to reduce time to market. How do you um, accelerate the ability to respond to, to customer needs uh, quickly? Because that's, that's you know, an area where it touches all of us. And that's something, I think there's definitely recognition of that. Um, but I think there's, you know, when we you know, going to the second part around the employee experience, you know, there is a different um, employee set within government. There's a lot more people who have got a vested career and a longer tenure in the government space than than more in the commercial element. And so I think that that makes a little bit more different in terms of um, how do they help help their employees be more effective um, over time. Um, a funny thing is I think one of our agencies we were working with was, you know, their biggest problem was people retiring um, and able to keep their cell phone number. You know, these people have been in the, in the agency for 30 years um, and their biggest problem was, well, I'm leaving. You can't take my cell phone number. That's my lifeline. That's my all my friends know. Um, but that's that different perspective is that their environment is a little different, but you know, they they have a vested interest to serve. They everyone's very proud. And it and we're also seeing a lot of people from commercial come into um into government. You know, we think of um uh some of the CIOs that are coming are actually coming from big names um into government as a way to serve back. And I think that's something we need to understand is how how that sort of cultural change is going to come in. There's there's people coming into into the federal space now in, in senior roles that bring a commercial mindset and now need to help evolve that culture uh, as well, which I think is is, is an interesting um, dynamic. Some of the agencies are very much in the leading edge of technology. If you look at law enforcement, FBI, if you look at the defense from a tactical standpoint, they are putting in some of those forward-looking technologies that are that, and that's the commercial world then adopts as they mature and scale. How have we seen support to those kinds of missions differently than others? You mentioned the national parks, which probably does not have the same kind of tech, you know, lean forward technology. How have you seen how some of the very 
cutting-edge technology agencies lay themselves out as it relates to modernization? Regardless of budget, I think what, what, what we see is a very common set of challenges is that it's the agility and, and ability to innovate. You know, the, the, the room to, while, you know, there are agencies with more budget than others, the, the same sort of problems exist in terms of there's very little focus on innovation, um, very little focus on, on, on driving agility or, 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 or sort of looking at um, you know, minimum viable products and ways of, of, of testing. I think that that is an element that I, that I see consistently, um, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, like you say, the park service versus, versus defense. So I, d- I don't think there is, you know, they still have the same challenges in how they run technology. I don't see it so, so differently um, because of that, because I just think maybe the decisions around technology are fast-tracked because of a greater budget. And so, well, they have to be a little bit more nimble, but they still have the same challenge of, of how do they adapt and respond to needs quickly? That that is the that is the feedback loop they're both missing because defense, um, you know, you know, in, in some respect, you know, doesn't have that sort of focus on experience as much as someone like on parks where it's all about the customer. It's all about um, people coming to the park, and so you know, there's there's that dynamic to to think of as well. Seriously, is just the the dynamics we've seen in industry, like the Microsofts and Googles are protesting any involvement to do with defense work. And so their challenge is now not so much about having all the money, but who will work with them? Because if the objective is to, it has some form to do with loss of life, that's going to put a barrier in terms of which, which, which um, uh, vendors can, who want to engage. So we've had a discussion about technology. You want to move us to the conversation about data. So government has a significant amount of data. And in the past, at least, data has been sort of politicized. Each agency protects it dearly. So they don't fully leverage the data, but more importantly, they don't manage the data flow. How have you seen modernization change the nature of how data is governed and how data is capitalized on for strategic gain? Yeah, I think I think in the it, there's obviously a lot of work to be done done in this space. Um, I think, you know, one element that probably touches all of us is the transition needed in terms of um, how do we embed the sort of elements of of um, our day-to-day life in a more secure way. And what I mean by that is if you think of um, you think of IRS and the way that we operate in in that we have to as a customer the, the responsibility of our taxes are on us. Whereas you go around the world, a lot of that's now changing to be done at source and done in a more digi- digital way that takes the the pressure and pain away from from the citizen in terms of that the, the control is moving more to the, the government in terms of ensuring that you're compliant versus putting the onus on the citizen. Um, so that ha- has a complete you know, change in terms of how that data is managed. It needs to be more open source in a way to help manage that the way employees and so on you know, plug in. So I think there needs to, you know, there's obviously a, a way that needs to happen in terms of how do you, you know, allow access to that data in, in a in a in a, in a in a safe way, but in a way that provides a better better experience. So, um, you know, I know in the UK they they've been doing that for a number of years in terms of you know if we take sort of you know the paycheck scenario, you know they've been doing that at source for for years, and it's never been an onus on on a person to ensure they're paying the right taxes. You go to sort of Estonia, and they're going to a full sort of digitized uh, practice where, um, you know, there's there's no tax return to fill in every year. Um, you know, that focus on that experience and taking that onus away of saying, well, you have to be compliant, you have to report, do that. That mindset is, you know, 
you know, it has has to evolve here because I think that's that's a critical way of thinking and and changing the experience in in a great way. There's this thing called Russia, and we're heading towards the 2020 elections. And so there's a comment made by the ex-head of the CIA that said, the best thing we should do for voting is actually don't make it electronic, to keep it off, off the network. As, as they think of modernization, I think of digitization, are there areas where they're just saying you just can't go that far because it puts the fundamental democracy at risk? Yeah, I, I think, I think you're, you're right in terms of that. You know, there, there's a lot more fundamental elements that have to be addressed to, to, to enable that. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, voting and uh, is obviously one area that, that has a lot of scrutiny um, associated with it. So um, I think there has to be trust in, in, in other elements before that can come to the table. So I think, yeah, absolutely, those are areas that we do need to think about the experience. I mean, um, historically, it's always been a case people haven't voted because they, you know, because they haven't been able to get to the booth, whatever, and being able to give them a different way of, of, of facilitating that is, is And it's on pretty, Tuesday. Yeah. There's <laughs> right. that problem. Right. Um, but I think, you know, there, there, you know, there's more data, you know, that happens, you know, once every four years and so on. So, you know, I think there's more incremental change we can make in our day-to-day lives that, that I think is, you know, the, the subject of focus. And there are other, uh, you know, countries doing that today, which I think are good examples to lead by. So you meet with the senior leadership of an agency and they have a strong desire to modernize. They want to better serve the mission. They want technology to play a profound role in experience and mission success. And they turn to you and say, what's the first thing I, or the most important thing I should worry about or think about? What, what is that? So I think that the most important thing is having, having a vision defined and, and a common goal set across all the various uh, functions within an agency. You know, one of the, one of the things I've seen you know, in the uh, work I've done is, is there's, so many different you know groups and uh, functions within some of these agencies that they lack a common goal and so spending time to create that vision to get everyone on the same direction in terms of the the goals they want to do uh, is is critical um, and then that's going to help um, ensure that the activities are, are in line and then you know, their focus on thinking about employee experience as, as a key element and how do they uh, you know, enable those feedback loops will, will help. But that, that common goal um, is, is, is the critical focus. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.